Hey guys, welcome to the shit show of my 20s. I'm so excited that you guys are here. My name's Sophia. I started this podcast in the beginning of April and I got furloughed at the end of March. And quite honestly, it was so hard for me to comprehend and deal with that. I was like, I have two choices right now. I can start the podcast that I've always wanted to start or I can let this really deter me and start emotional eating and just sit on the couch and do nothing. And I decided to go with the first choice. And I'm so glad that I did because I've got to meet so many inspiring people from all over the world. And I hope that you guys see yourselves in some of these stories because I've just been having so much fun. This has been lighting me up so much. And I'm really glad that I put myself out there and decided to start it. You know, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to start it. And I'm so glad that I just did that. And I know as an introvert, it's been pretty hard to like put myself out there, talk in front of a camera, talk to all these people I don't know. But I feel like this has been such a growing experience for me. And I feel like I need to share that with you guys because maybe there's something in your life that excites you but kind of scares you at the same time. And maybe it's time to step into that. I got to speak with Kendra and so much fun chatting with her. She's at your breakup bestie on Instagram. She's a breakup coach and it's so incredible the work that she's doing. She went through this bad breakup a while ago and she would always console her friends when they were going through a breakup and that's what gave her the inspiration to start her business. We talk about how to get over heartbreak, what to do when you feel the urge to text your ex, how she met her husband, what a healthy relationship looks like, and so much more. So I hope you guys enjoy listening. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. So thank you so much, Kendra, for joining me today. I'm really looking forward to knowing more about you and learning about your story. So tell me how you got to the career you have today. Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. Uh, My name is Kendra Allen, and I am the founder of Breakup Bestie, which is an online course, a online community blog that I started to help women navigate through breakups, ending of relationships. Uh, So I started that. It started out actually as just an Instagram account, gosh, like three and a half is it really? Yeah, three and a half years ago. And um, then it turned into a blog about two years ago. And then I launched my online course at the beginning of this year in January. So it's been kind of a slow journey trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to do with it. But it kind of just started off as a, I guess it just started off as a passion project of something that I really liked doing in terms of coaching women through that. I'm not, I always like preface by saying I'm not a psychologist. I'm not like a relationship therapist by any means. I'm just someone that I guess fortunately or unfortunately went through quite a few breakups in late teens, early twenties. And for me, was able to find a way to navigate them in a really healthy way. And then, you know, started having women come to me for advice and kind of just evolved from there. And what drew you towards breakup coaching? Yeah, so I kind of like I mentioned, I had been through a couple really rough breakups in my early 20s. And at the time, I actually I've I've been an entrepreneur pretty much like for 10 years now. I had a corporate wellness uh, company from 19 to 25. And then, um, and then actually I went to work at a corporate job when I was 25 and really just wasn't for me. I'm, I don't, just don't think I'm someone that's meant to, you know, have that kind of lifestyle. So I was like miserable in my job and actually my now husband was asking me, like, what do I enjoy doing? Like, he's like, what do you really, really enjoy? And I thought about it and like the, the highlight of my days were if I had someone come to me and asking for breakup advice, I felt like I was totally in the flow. I felt like, you know, time could disappear. It didn't feel like work at all. So I told him like, to be honest, I really love helping women through breakups. And then I looked online for breakup advice 
and everything I saw was either super like clickbaity, like how to get over your ex in 28 days or, you know, really, or either getting people right into dating and relationships again. So every, I just saw a really big gap online in terms of like real actionable, like coaching and direction for women that are going through breakups. So that's when I, I said, I'll start an Instagram and see if it does well, if it's well received, and then it was really well received. And then it's kind of just evolved from there, but it just started as something that I love doing just with like friends and people kind of in my social circle and friends of friends. And then it became pretty apparent that there was a really big gap in, in the market for that. And could you share a little bit about your experience about your own personal breakups and how you got through them? Yeah. So I think I'm really well equipped to help people through breakups because I feel like I've gone through them in like really poorly and then, you know, was able, like as time went on, learned how to deal with them in an effective way. So from when I was 18, I got into a relationship with an older guy that ended up being super, I mean, he was a total narcissist. It was a really toxic um, verbally and emotionally abusive relationship. And I was in that for like three years. And the, after we broke up, finally, it, um, it took me like another year to let go of him because I was, you know, anytime he called, I would pick up and like go and do whatever he, like if he needed a favor, like I would drop everything and go see him and was like still helping him financially, which was crazy because he was like 10 years older than me. And I was like, 20. Um, so just, I, I did it very poorly and I never actually healed from the relationship. So it like, it kept following me into new relationships. So I dealt with it that way where like, I didn't actually let him go and kind of just stayed at his beck and call. And then I had a string like the next two years, I got dumped three times in those three years by, emotionally unavailable men and I got dumped for the exact same reason three times in a row where they said I don't picture this continuing into a serious commitment I don't see myself ever wanting to get married or have kids and I like didn't quite notice that there was like a very clear pattern happening so I kept making the same mistake over and over again and what I finally realized after the third one which that third breakup happened five years ago and it was like the breakup of all breakups where I was, you know, it just completely wrecked me. And at that point, I think I finally hit this bottom where I thought, okay, I have to do something differently with this. Like I have, like clearly there's a pattern happening. Clearly I'm continuing to do the exact same thing over and over again and expecting different results. So that was the breakup where I thought, okay, I'm going to do something different. I like, asked a ton of women for advice as to like how they went through breakups. Like I asked women to coffee who I knew had gone through breakups and asked like, how did you do this? Um, I read a ton of books, like anyone gave me like any piece of advice I would go do it basically. So from doing that and getting through that breakup, that was like the breakup of all breakups. That was what taught me how to handle it gracefully and in a way that I like learned not to make that same mistake over and over again. So, so I think that was, I think the reason I'm, I'm able to coach people is because I've done, I've done it really wrong quite a few times. And then finally got to a point of so much pain where I was able to do it right. So I love being able to, you know, prevent other women from making those mistakes and being able to, I mean, really my coaching is based on my own experience in a lot of ways. And when you saw that pattern that you kept on attracting emotionally unavailable men, what'd you do to break that pattern? What I finally realized, and this was, you know, through a lot of journaling, I'm a big fan of therapy, so I definitely went to therapy for it. But what I finally realized was it all really came down to my self-esteem and my self-worth. So I was attracting emotionally unavailable men because deep down, I didn't feel worthy of having someone who was emotionally available. So I like really, I could not attract someone that was available because my, like what I was promoting was not someone like, I didn't think I was marriage material. I didn't think I was 
worthy of having a relationship like that. But I mean, it seems now it seems really obvious that there was a pattern, but it, it took me a while and it was quite a, like a lot of digging. So really, I just had to work on myself. I had to like be alone for a period of time to get to a place where I didn't need that validation from other people. I had to get to a place where if a guy walked in my life who I could tell was like afraid of commitment or wouldn't call it a relationship if it was that I felt worthy enough to walk away because I knew like I, I had to get to a place where I, I knew what I deserved and I was okay with walking away if something walked in that, um, that was like lower than what I was deserving of. So a lot of like, and this is what I tell people it's breakup recovery really has nothing to do with your ex. It really has everything to do with you and what kind of work you're willing to put in to get to a place where you are okay that the breakup happened and that you, you know, can learn from it and step into something more deserving. And your prior relationship with um, the guy who was older than you, what was like the turning point that you're like, I need to get out of this? Yeah. So I, it was kind of, it was the kind of relationship where it was very like controlling and manipulating. And typically when people are in relationships like that, it ends up becoming really isolating where you like don't talk to family and friends about your relationship. And you kind of just like step away from family and friends in general, because that's typically what narcissists like to do. They like to isolate the person so they can have like the most control. So I wasn't, you know, for most of that three year period, like I wasn't telling people what was really going on and you know, he told me something like he didn't believe that it was, he thought like relationships should be private. So what finally happened was I got to a point, um, I was with my family on a trip and had one too, one too many drinks, um, and ended up just kind of like spilling the beans and like saying, and it was the first time, like I heard myself say out loud what was going on in the relationship. So that's why not only in breakups do I think it's so important to like be really close to friends during that time, but I also think it's so important in relationships. Like if you don't feel like you can tell the truth about what's going on in your relationship, then it's like not going to be the right relationship. And when someone gets broken up with, what should they do next? Like what's the first thing they should do? Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, the first thing that I would recommend is like picking up the phone and calling your best friend or calling your mom or, you know, whoever like you feel closest to. Um, like when I got broken up with five years ago for the guy had even left my house, I texted my best friend and like literally he was leaving and she pulled up and just like, you know, took me to her house and I stayed with her for, you know, a couple days. And so I think the first thing is like being super comforted and surrounded by people, which I know right now, and I think, you know, during this whole time, it's been a lot harder for people to go through breakups because we can't be surrounded by loved ones so much. But I think regardless, like picking up the phone and telling someone what exactly is going on, I really don't believe you can go through a breakup by yourself. Like, I think the first step is to, I say like rally the troops, like literally rally the troops, tell all your best friends what's going on because the more people you have caring for you, loving you, checking in on you like the better you're going to be success wise um and the next thing i tell people is to get busy which again i know during this time is like a little bit on the rougher side in terms of doing things that can distract you but you know literally planning out your days because the more time that you have sitting by yourself just being able to think is not good so even if it's like you're sitting at home and you're like okay from nine to 10, I'm going to do a workout. And then at 10, I'm going to call my best friend and we're going to do a FaceTime. And so literally just like scheduling out your day, um, is I think like getting busy as much as possible is, is the next like main step I recommend people to do. And is there a certain amount of time you should take after your breakup to grieve it? And should it be expedited? Should you feel everything for a certain amount of time or... 
Yeah. Um, so I think that's, it's an interesting question because I tell people like there's a whole section in my course about finding the balance between feeling your feelings and distracting yourself from your feelings because on a certain level, we can't feel our feelings a hundred percent all the time. If we did that, like we couldn't work, we couldn't, we just like could not function, you know, cause the feeling after a breakup is just so incredibly devastating. Um, so I tell people like you do up to, up to a certain point, you do have to distract yourself. I think, especially in the beginning, but there is also downsides of being out of balance on both sides. So if you just solely distract yourself from your feelings, you're going to feel, I mean, you're going to feel better quicker and you might feel better getting into a relationship faster, but the feelings that you're ignoring aren't leaving you. They're just like getting suppressed or getting pushed down. So I think if people spend all of their time distracting themselves from their feelings, their feelings will tend to come up a lot later, which is actually why men and women go through breakups so differently because men typically their feelings don't register for a while. I mean, there's no like scientific numbers on that, but I, in my experience, like men tend to feel okay after breakups. And that's why I get so many women saying, I don't understand how he looks like he's doing fine. I don't understand how he's in a new relationship. Men tend to not even like have their feelings register for a while. So I always tell that because it's like, you can't, people think that because their ex is doing well and in a new relationship it means their relation like their relationship didn't mean anything which really isn't the case so so there's downsides to distracting too much and then there's also downsides to like feeling too much um if you just spend all your time moping it's gonna be really hard to like make any movement forward so that's why i tell people like it's important to kind of have that balance and then in terms of a timeline yeah. Unfortunately, there is no, there is no like set timeline. I wish there was like, Hey, you'll feel better guarantee in six months. It it's depends on so many different things. How long you guys were together. If you're living together, just there's so many different factors, but when it comes, and I think I tell people like, it's always going to come in waves. So you may be feeling great after a month. And then at three months you have like a total breakdown again. So you kind of just have to like, let the breakup happen. And just, you know, enjoy it when you're feeling good and then take care of yourself when you're not feeling good. I tell people with a timeline in terms of dating again, I tell people it's too soon if you are dating to make yourself feel better from your breakup. So if you are using dating as your main way to cope with your breakup, it's too early. So I recommend date when you feel like this is an addition to your life, not because it's like filling a gap for you. And it's hard. I mean, I definitely, you know, dated to see like who's out there to like remind me about there's more people out there than just my ex. Um, but when you start dating too early is when, you know, you tend to not make the best decisions because you're so desperately looking for someone to fill that void. And again, a lot of times what I see is when people get into relationships too early and then they end, they end up having to go through two breakups because they're breaking up with the, like the rebound and they're, and then, and then they have to process their original breakup. So it's, you're kind of like doubling down on what you have to heal from. How do you know that you're completely healed from the breakup? Honestly, I think it's kind of something that happens almost in, almost in hindsight. Like, I don't think there was ever a point where I woke up and was like, okay, I'm, you know, it's done. I'm healed. But I do remember after it had been a year since my breakup, like I, I was talking to my mom and I was like, oh, it's been a year and it's been like a while since I've cried about it. It's been, you know, months since I've had like an entire day ruined from the breakup. So I'd say like, I mean, there's probably a few different indicators if you, you know, can look like think, I remember, I think the biggest thing for me was I thought about my ex and I was like, if I found out he was in a relationship, I'd actually be really happy for him because 
he had so many things that he had to work through to like be able to commit. So I was like, if he was actually in a committed relationship, like I'd be happy for him because that means like he did, he like worked through what he had to work through. So I think that was a good indicator, but you know, if you can see a picture of him and your stomach doesn't drop to your feet, like that's another good indicator. Um, if you feel like you can date without constantly comparing everyone to your ex. So I think it's going to depend like on a personalized level. Um, but that's why I talk so much in the beginning about not contacting your ex and like really detoxing them out of your life because I really think like the longer you stay in contact with your ex after a breakup the longer it's going to take to get over it do you think it's possible to be friends with your ex I don't that's just my opinion I like and I always tell people I say hey this is totally my opinion I absolutely realize that people are friends with exes but that my opinion is this because I think that if, you know, I think a lot of people when, when you're breaking up with someone, you will say like, oh, I hope we can still be friends. You're kind of doing it because one, you don't want to seem like so big of a, like a jerk where you like want to like completely boot them from your life. And I think when exes stay friends, especially right afterwards, one of them is getting hurt. Like for sure. Like the one who still has feelings is, is getting like majorly hurt because it's like if you think about it you go from like being in love with this person like hugging kissing like living with them and then all of a sudden you have to like take them out of that place and just look at them as like just a friend I just think it's almost impossible to like uncross that line but I mean I think it's good to like be on good terms maybe like not having any crazy resentments but you know and obviously if people like have kids together or work together that are like certain exceptions to the rule but I I'm not a big fan of it and I never recommend it because it's just you can't just forget feelings like that like if we could you know turn off like hey like body turn off all your romantic feelings towards this person it'd be great if we could do that but we can't so every time you know you see them or you hear them and there's actually like a lot of chemical reactions that happen when we're in relationships so you know when you're in love your body's pumping you full of like all these feel good chemicals. And then when the relationship ends, your body literally is like detoxing those chemicals. So when you see them, like your body just, it can't help itself. It's like going to have that rush of those chemicals again. So, you know, it's, I just think it's not, not a good idea. I know a lot of people try it, <laughs> um, but, and I know a lot of people tell me like, Oh, I can't picture, my life completely without him. And it's like, I, I get that. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people think they're like unique in the fact that their partner was their best friend. Pretty much everyone is best friends with their significant other. Like that's just, is a natural thing that happens. So yeah, you do, you lose a romantic partner and you lose a best friend, but that doesn't mean that you can take away the romantic part just like that. So, um, so yeah, so there is a, like a really hard part about losing a companion and a best friend when you're going through a breakup. That's why it's so important to like really lean on your girlfriends and your other support systems during that time. And what would you tell someone if they keep on having the urge to text their ex? Yeah, I get that all the time. <laughs> uh, don't, but... <laughs> um, I mean, there's, I, I give so many tips on this, like write them a letter, uh, not to send, but write them a letter and then tear it up, text a friend instead. Like I literally, I had this kind of mentor of mine who wanted, um, she was like, text me like you're texting him. So I would text her and then she would, she would like respond as him. And it was like, it always made me laugh. It was like so funny. And it took kind of the, like the immediate impulsivity and the power out of it. So I think it's important to express what you're feeling towards your ex, but just don't do it directly to them. So that's why writing is so important. Literally like any kind of pattern interrupt, go for a walk, call a friend instead. I mean, I tell people like at the very least wait 24 hours. And so what I like people write down what they want to text their ex and then they wait 24 hours and they think most of the time, like 99% of the time they'll say, Oh my gosh, I cannot. I'm so grateful. I didn't send that text. 
because it's like that's when like emotions are heavy and it can lead to really impulsive text. So I tell people like the very least wait 24 hours and see if like you still have that urge to send that particular message. So, and then I'm a huge fan of like getting rid of them on social media. The more you see them either like online or just like around, like having pictures of them around your house, like the more you see them, the more you're going to want to reach out to them. So don't make it harder on yourself. Like get rid of those temptations around you unfollow your ex on Instagram. Um, you know, I even tell people to like, I tell people realistically you want to block them because it's, I've unfollowed and I look every single day, you know, it's like take away the temptation and just block them. So you don't have to, you know, think every day, like, Oh, am I getting to look today? Am I not? There's like all this anxiety that comes around with social media. And I actually just did like a full breakups in social media, episode on my podcast because nowadays in breakups like social media plays a huge role in having like we didn't used to have to like see what our ex was eating for dinner like you know before social media existed and there's so much access now so so I'm a big fan of like doing a clearing of that kind of stuff on social media um and what really was a turning point for me in terms of texting my ex was I got broken up with, I think like two weeks before his birthday. And I had literally like every intention of sending him a text on his birthday, just to say happy birthday. And I was doing that thing where like you, like you ask all your friends until you get someone that tells you it's a good idea <laughs> because literally everyone's telling me it was a bad idea. And I finally got one girl that was like, I think it'd be fine. I'm like, yeah, it would be fine. But I'm glad I asked like one more person and it was um, a guy friend of mine who was actually friends with my ex too. So he was friends with both of us. And I told him my like little plan and he was like, don't do it. And he said, um, he's like, if you do it, you'll be like sorely disappointed. And he said, um, he said, what do you think he's going to respond with if you text or he, he said, what do you want him to respond with? Like, what would match your expectations of sending that text? And I thought, like, the only thing I'd be happy with is if he said, thank you so much. I miss you so much. I made such a bad mistake. Like, I want to get back together. That's, like, the only response I would have been really happy with. And then he said, what do you think he'll he'll respond with? And I said, thank you. Literally, that's probably all he would say. And then I would, like, my expectations would be completely ruined I'd be so disappointed so I tell people to like just know that whatever you text your ex it's not going to match your expectations what they respond with if they even respond at all and by texting them you're completely giving your power away to them like you're you're basically saying like my happiness now rests with you with whatever you decide to respond or not respond like if you do respond maybe I'll be happy for a little bit and then I'll be disappointed if you don't respond I'll be crushed so don't like going through a breakup already makes you feel so powerless by giving them your power. Like you're just continuing to like lower your level of powerlessness. And how do you get closure from a breakup? Yeah. Um, closure is a weird thing. <laughs> closure is a weird thing. Everyone really wants closure. That's like the biggest thing. That's, I think that's the reason why most people continue to stay in touch with their ex because they're on this like hunt or like this quest for closure. So I personally believe that you get closure from yourself. You're not going to get closure from your ex and you could literally spend weeks, months, months, a year trying to get closure from your ex. But the way I look at it is why do people most want like most want closure most people want to know exactly why their ex broke up with them not because they want to like learn from it or anything they want to know exactly why because they want to be able to say like say you know i'm breaking up with you because you're not like driven enough for me and then so you want to know that reason because then you can go okay, I'm like starting a business. I'm like going to school. Like you, you want to know the exact reason so you can fix it and get back together with them. That's that my belief in my experience. That's why most people want closure. So it's not necessarily even like a great motive why you want it. And, you know, you can decide that it's closed. Like a breakup in itself is closure. You're ending a relationship. Like that is closure. Someone doesn't want to be with you anymore. And, 
then you can continue to fill in the gaps of like why it happened. And you can, and I tell people like the most powerful place you can get after a breakup is just to accept like, okay, maybe I don't fully understand exactly why it happened, but I'm accepting it for what it is. And I'm going to move forward based on that acceptance, because if you don't, you'll stay in that limbo for a really long time. So I, Pretty much everything I recommend about breakups has to do with journaling and writing. So I think writing can provide a lot of closure. I also tell people like act as if you have your closure. And then I think like your brain will catch up to you and your heart will catch up to you and you'll, you will be able to accept it. And, um, and yeah, so I, I just, I don't think there's like any magical way to get your own closure except to move through the breakup and get to a place where you are happy on your own. And like, you know, I'll give people like different affirmations that they can do to get their own closure. Like I accept this breakup for what it is and, you know, writing that every single day. But I think more so what I talk about is like the downsides to going on that quest for closure that it can really cause your breakup to last so much longer than it needs to. And how often do you journal and what are like good things to journal about? Good prompts? Yeah. Um, I don't journal quite as much anymore. However, when I was going through breakups, I journaled every single morning and, and sometimes every single night. So what, I mean, there's a lot of different, I like, I, I recommend for people that are just starting to literally just set a timer for five minutes and just write whatever's in your brain so it can literally like be what you have to do today, what you're eating for lunch, like just getting used to getting your thoughts down on paper. So I would write, I would write letters to like the universe a lot, like saying like, why is this happening? This is so unfair. Just like getting all those feelings out because when we just keep our thoughts in our own head and our feelings in our own head, like I just think they're, they turn into a hamster wheel and tip, like our brain doesn't typically like, make our anxious thoughts turn into good things like they typically just like bring us down this like crazy spiral so so learning how to get your emotions down on paper so writing letters you can write letters to your ex you can write letters to like the universe you can just write whatever you're thinking about so my like my online course I have a ton of different writing assignments of like like particular prompts about like what makes you mad about your ex what makes you mad about your last relationship um, what would it take to like be able to forgive yourself? So that's my course is, has so much writing in it because that's where I found the most healing. I also tell people to write in their journal a gratitude list every day because after you go through a breakup, the world instantly turns into this like really dark place. So, and it's really easy to forget that you still do have good things in your life because once the relationship's gone, it feels like everything's gone. So I do encourage people every single day to write five things that they're grateful for just so they can start training their brain to look out for the good things that they have in their life too. So you can write gratitude lists. Um, you can write out like, if you're really pissed, you can like write out why you're pissed. So I just think like really anything that comes to your mind, but in the beginning, I think it takes some practice of just like setting a timer and just writing out, like doing a brain dump of everything that's in your head. So if you're going through a breakup, I definitely recommend journaling every day just to like get and have a regular habit of like checking in. I think even when we're talking to other people, it's really easy for us to morph the story to like what we think they want to hear we morph the story to feel more accepted. We morph, you know, we, it's like, we can, we can create these like narratives and stories around what we're trying to say, but when it's just you and a pen and a piece of paper, like things come out that are really honest, like you're not lying to anyone when you're journaling. So you can get really honest with your feelings. So even like before I would tell friends how I was feeling, like I would get it down on paper. So I knew how I was really, really feeling. So that way I could, like express it honestly. And do you have any tips for everyone's at home right now? They're in close proximity, you know, with their partners. Do you have any tips for being in such close proximity with their partners? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess I can only speak to that with, you know, being quarantined with my husband. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for us, what's worked really well is like open communication of when one of us, um, like for example, 
when my husband's stressed, he needs space. And when I'm stressed, I need like attention. So learning how to navigate that and like compromising as to like when I give him space and, you know, space is like a very relative term at this point, but even like, I'll go sit in like another area, like another area in our place and like be on my phone and just like give him like a little bit of physical space and then like emotional space where I don't like, I'm not like talking to him. I'm very talkative person and so just learning like when I need to maybe call a friend to get that like socialization instead of relying on him for everything I think what I've learned and I learned this from um Esther Perel but she talks about how we put so much pressure on our partners nowadays to literally be everything to us and no one can be everything to us so remembering that like I can get attention I can get conversation I can get like comfort from other people even if it's just over the phone so don't rely on your partner like give you everything right now because there is like a lot of pressure and just added stress like you know with work and finances and like all that stuff so um and like getting out and going for a walk by myself has been really helpful or like I'll be around the house listening to a podcast so I you know don't like rely on him to entertain all the time so so I think that's you know, learning how to be a little bit more self-sufficient, which I learned a lot in, you know, going through a breakup. I think that's one of the most amazing benefits of learning how to go through a breakup is like learning that I can like self-soothe and I can like take care of myself in a lot of ways. So that way, like I used to put everything on my partner, like they were my entire identity, like my whole, like all my self-worth was wrapped up with my partner's So by being single and being by myself, like I was able to, you know, learn how to like be that for myself instead. Um, And I think that has served me really, really well in my marriage. And can you talk about what a healthy relationship looks like versus like an unhealthy one? Yeah. So again, like I think, I guess that's one of the nice things is I have a lot of contrast in a lot of my relationships, but I think for a long time, and I still think like people talk about this a lot, but like, like finding your other half, I think that, I think for some people that like can work, but for me, I was, I think I was always searching for like my other half, like who's like going to complete me. And what I learned is like a relationship is not like 50% of two people coming together. Like it really should be like two whole and complete people on their own coming together in a relationship. So like, you know, I'm 100% my own person, my husband's 100% his own person, and, like, we get to come together and form a partnership instead of me relying on him to fulfill different things in me. Or, like, you know, I I grew up with a lot of anxiety and a lot of, like, low self-esteem, and so I had a lot of insecurities, and I really relied on, like, my partner to make those feel better for me. But what I had to learn is, like, if I have an insecurity, even if, you know my partner like tells me a hundred thousand times that like I shouldn't have that insecurity. Um, I'm still going to feel that because like, I have to learn that by myself. So like learning that my partner's not responsible for my feelings is another huge one that I think is um, for me means that's in a healthy relationship. And, you know, like I think a healthy relationship involves like both having your own friends and like getting, like being okay, spending time apart. I, went on this trip with my mom last year for like 10 days and I was thinking how I never ever would have done that in my other relationships because I had this like I spent so many years like in fear in my old relationships of like fear they were going to leave me or like just like a general sense of like insecurity and now I'm in a relationship where like, I feel so secure. And I used to think that like, I just was someone that felt really insecure in relationships, but I just learned like I wasn't in the right one. So being able to go away for 10 days with like, you know, I, we were on totally different time zones. So like we talked a little bit, but, um, I just felt like totally okay being away, which for me is so much freedom because if I was gone from my ex for a weekend, like I would have freaked out in the past. So there are so many, you know, comparisons in this relationship with past ones that I'm so grateful for, you know, healthy communication is obviously a big one being able to, I think another thing that I learned 
going through a breakup and learning how to be okay by myself is I used to be so afraid to express my needs in relationships because I thought if I express my needs, I'll come off as too needy. I'll come off as too difficult. And then the person will leave me. That was like kind of my string of logic. So by learning how to be okay, I was like, okay, I can't express my needs. Cause if I know my needs like aren't crazy, like I'm not demanding anything insane. So I can express my needs. And if they're not like, met like I'm going to be okay um so feeling comfortable in my own skin enough to like express when I need something or express when something's not okay that's never something that I have the power to do in past relationships and how did you meet your husband so we actually have um we have an interesting story so we we met originally gosh like seven and a half no is that right? Six and a half years ago. We met six and a half years ago and we, um, he was actually the last emotionally unavailable man I was with. So we, so I'll like backtrack a little bit, but we met like six and a half years ago and we kind of did this like friends with benefits thing for about nine months where I kept asking for a relationship and he kept saying he wasn't ready. And we did this like back and forth thing, back and forth. And then after nine months, you know, we did like become an official relationship, but he still just wasn't ready to commit. And I just kept trying to fit like that, you know, square peg in the round hole and like, just kept thinking like, okay, I'm okay with this, even though it like wasn't a healthy relationship. Like we weren't making like, like we wouldn't even make plans like a month out because it was like, just felt so on like not solid ground. So finally, after like a year and a half total of doing this, like dance um he actually broke up with me and that was like my breakup of all breakups he said you know I know you want to get married I know you want a relationship I'm not going to be the one that gives up to you so it's not fair so he was the one that I like went through that crazy breakup with and I stayed single for about a year and then started dating other people and a year and a half after we broke up, we saw each other at a mutual friend's wedding. And it was actually the first time we had seen each other since we broke up. We hadn't talked that entire time. So like literally he disappeared from my life for a year and a half and we saw each other. And about three weeks later, he asked me to go to coffee and basically like told me that he had gone through his whole process of getting over the breakup and, you know, he worked on, you know, his issues that were causing him to like, not want to commit. So after all that, we got back together and then six months later we got engaged and then we got married almost two years ago. So, so I always feel like I need to put a disclaimer on that story because every time I tell that story, people are like, Oh, that gives me hope I can get back together with my ex. I like, we're so the exception to the rule. And the only reason that we were able to get back together is because we completely broke up. Like when he asked me to go to coffee, I could have probably given you 10 reasons why he was asking me to go to coffee. And none of them were to tell me that he loved me. Like not one of those reasons. It was honestly like the furthest thing from my mind. So I, you know, when he broke up with me, I thought like, okay, I'm never going to see him again. And I got to that place where like, I was an acceptance of that. And I did get to a point where I was like, if I find out he's in another relationship, like I would be really happy for him. So I, you know, if you broke up with, if you got broken up with a couple months ago, like don't use this story as like, oh, see, I can get back together with my ex. I think what it shows is like, go through your breakup and the right, like, if you're meant to be with someone, nothing will stop it. But if you're not meant to be with someone, like you can do every single thing in the world to make it work and it's not going to work. So, so yeah, so we have like, you know, and it's funny because so much of what I do is like talking about that breakup, which is not like he caused. Um, so even like when I launched my course, we did like a little party thing and my, um, my mom was like, let's cheers to Luke for breaking up with Kendra to like start this whole thing, you know? So, but he's been so supportive and he's like always been the biggest cheerleader in terms of me like doing this for a living. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of our story. It's definitely, um, yeah, not what I, not at all what I ever expected, but it works. And what were your twenties like or so far? 
My 20s. Well, so um, I'd say another big part of my story was I actually got sober at 21. So I think I lived a lot of my 20s kind of early. Um, like from, so I, so I, yeah, so I, I haven't had a drink since I was 21. And um, so I think that caused me to like grow up pretty fast um, in terms of like going through, you know, sobriety and like learning how to do all that like basically like learning how to like live my 20s without having alcohol in the picture so I think that that's like probably the most significant thing that's like made me into who I am um but I I mean my 20s were were good it's been a lot of like not knowing what I'm doing and I think in the beginning of my 20s I was so stressed about not having it all figured out And I spent so much time wanting to be like in the next place, like wanting to be like in the next job, in the next job, or like wanting to have my career figured out, wanting to be married, like all of these things. And I think what I learned is like, you get to those places when you're supposed to, like, don't miss out on what's in front of you because you're so focused on trying to like quote unquote, figure it out when really like no one has it figured out. Like I think at 29, I thought stuff would be, I don't know. I've always associated like being 30 as like when you have it all figured out. Um, and what I've learned is like, I don't think that's the case at all. Um, so just learning how to like enjoy what's in front of me and not always like having to have this like plan because plans you know, typically don't work out. They usually don't work out how you think, but they usually work out better than what you thought. So learning to trust that. But yeah, I think my 20s was really big on like learning how to be, like learning like how to be okay with myself and learning how to be comfortable in my own skin. I think that was like the biggest thing. And and then there's always, you know, trying to figure out careers and you know, at 29, this is my third company that I've had and the first two didn't work out and learning like that's okay too. I think in like on social media, we see so many people that like start their first company and like blow up and like are so successful. And so you think like if your first thing doesn't work out, then it's all over. And we forget that so many people that start businesses, like it's not their first, it's not their second, it's probably not even their third. Um, But I am really glad that like, I did take some risks with companies early on and like learning what I wanted to do because I learned so much. Um, but I, you know, I think in my early twenties, I put so much emphasis on like what didn't work out instead of like learning from the lessons and, and knowing like it was going to be okay. And what made you decide to give up alcohol? So I, um, I started drinking when I was like 15, you know, just for like fun in high school. Um, but I'm like just someone that like doesn't mix well with alcohol. I think it's like, I think it's a genetic thing. Um, but I would, you know, get into like crazy blackouts and, you know, I ended up in the hospital quite a few times. So just really like, I just turned so destructive when I was drinking and it just really kept getting like, it got bad at like 18 and then it kind of just continued to get worse and worse. So, and I, you know, I think at that age, I totally thought it was like a normal thing that like young people do in college. And, but I'm really glad that I recognized like that it wasn't necessarily normal and it was really destructive. Um, you know, and I like dabbled in different drugs. And so I think I could just see at some point that like, it wasn't normal and it was getting really scary and dangerous. So, I reached out, you know, I asked my mom for help when I was like 21. So I did like a 90 day program to help me out with it. And, you know, went to therapy and did all that stuff. And I definitely didn't think that I wouldn't drink like for this long. I think I just did it to like cool off and, you know, figure it out and, you know, think maybe at some point, like I could drink normally, but at this point, like I've been through, pretty much everything without taking a drink. So at this point, it's like not even worth it, like would never be worth it for me to like add that back in. Like I've been able to do 
you know, all the like normal early 20s stuff. I've done Coachella multiple times sober. I've done Vegas sober. I got married sober. I did my bachelorette sober. So, you know, there's just so many things that I've already gone through that I'm able to like fully enjoy without alcohol. And what advice would you give your 20 year old self? Oh my gosh, so many things. Um, I think I would definitely tell her like not, I know it sounds bad, but like not to like chase men, you know, like, you know, you're not like basically saying like, you're not going to find happiness with a guy. Um, like focus on your girlfriends. That's a huge one. I, I don't think I realized the value of girlfriends till I was like in my mid twenties, but yeah, like stick with your girlfriends. They're going to be the ones that like, like I love this saying, um, girls are like women will save your ass and men will slap your ass. Um, but <laughs> I, um, yeah, like focus on your girlfriends and like really foster those kind of friendships. I think I would definitely tell her that. I would tell her like, I mean, it sounds cliche, but like, don't care so much about what other people think about you. Like people don't think about, like, I've just learned that people don't, people think about themselves way more than they ever think about me. So like taking some of that pressure off, um, you know, try, like try new things. And if they don't work out, it's not that big of a deal. I think I, I stressed so much about that kind of stuff. Um, and travel. I wish I started traveling a lot earlier than I did. That's like another really big one, I would say. And are there any questions that you wish I would have asked you? Ooh, good question. Let's see. I mean, I think I'm just trying to think of like the questions I get asked most often. Um, like, how do you learn to be okay with yourself? And I think the biggest way to learn to be okay by yourself is by being by yourself, you know, like being okay, single and not like having, you know, I think we've all had friends that like, can't be single for longer than a couple weeks and have to be in that relationship. So like, you know, it's sitting, like, it's okay to be uncomfortable. Like, it's really good to be uncomfortable and to, like, grow through things um, and, like, learn what you like to do. I spent so many years, like, as a chameleon, especially in relationships, like, whatever the guy liked, like, my music taste changed every relationship, my clothes changed every relationship. So, like, learning to spend time by yourself and learning, like, what kind of music do you like? Where do you like to go eat? Like, what do you like to do on the weekends? I used to hate that question. Like, what do you like to do on the weekends? Cause I just didn't, I literally didn't know. Cause I just like would follow around the people I was in relationships with like a puppy. So, so yeah, just like the absolute value of being by yourself for a little while and fostering a relationship with yourself, which I think the only way you learn how to do that is by actually doing it. Thank you so much for doing this. Where can people connect with you? Yeah, so um, they can find me on Instagram at your breakup bestie, and my website is breakupbestie.com. Um, I do have a podcast, the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast, which is available everywhere. And for anyone that is going through a breakup, I do have my online course, Heal Your Breakup, which you can find at breakupbestie.com. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'd love if you can leave me a review on iTunes. Please feel free to share it with any friends you think the story would resonate with. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.